All right. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres, and I'm your host. And our special guest is Dr. Sandra Carillo. Dr. Carillo is a cannabinoid medicine expert. She's also a co-founder and vice president of the Colombian Medical Cannabis Association. She's a medical director and co-founder of Medical Cannabis Clinics of Colombia. And she's a professor of faculty at medicine at the University of Panama. She's also the head of educational and scientific program of medical cannabis there as well. Out of Colombia, how are you doing, Dr. Carillo? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure for me to be here with you today. Thank you very much for accepting the invitation, too. I greatly appreciate it. So uh, I was looking at, I, I know you uh, you just participated in a conference in Ecuador recently, and I was going to, I figured we'd get started with that, you know, that was a pretty big deal. I saw some posts that you made on there, and you had a lot of uh, a lot of scientists and researchers there. Yes, it was an amazing event that we've been planning for almost a year. I am part of the organizing committee of Can America. Can America is a, a, a group of, of doctors and healthcare practitioners uh, that we are dedicated to advocate for uh, safe access for patients uh, uh, medi medications, uh, particularly for medical cannabis. And, and we promote education and research. So uh, this is our fourth Can America. The past Can Americas were held in Chile, Argentina, Peru. And this year was in Ecuador, Quito. It was uh, an amazing event. I, I was very uh, pleased uh, about the outcome we have. We had scientists from all over the world, from the UK, Dr. David Knott, from United States, uh, Dr. Ethan Russo, uh, Dr. Jordan Tischler. We had uh, Cristina Sanchez uh, from Spain. We had Mara Gordon from, from United States and a number of scientists and doctors from all Latin America. So, yes, it was a, a very, very interesting and amazing event. We have also awards for research uh, posters that they were done in Latin America, which made me very happy to see how uh, Latin America is advancing in research. That was cool. That was very cool. I, I, I did enjoy reading your posts and looking at the pictures. And uh, I, you were you said you planned this one for a year out. Are you are you planning to do another one next year? Or is this is this a one time only? Uh, no, no, we, we are holding the event in a different country of Latin America every year. As I mentioned, this is our fourth. Uh, and we haven't decided yet where is going okay. to be next year. But for sure, we will have uh, uh, in 2024 another Can America. We are just deciding which country will be <laughs> next is, year. You usually do it around the same time frame, around the uh, first quarter of the of the year? Yes, yes, uh, it's it's around the, the first quarter or first half. We right. we the, depending on, on the on the country because you know in Latin America there's different different uh, uh, um, time zones. So so we see the the season and and the, and the time zone to to see how we organize the conference according to the country. Very cool, very cool, Doctor Curio. Very cool. Um. Well, I think we'll go ahead and get started with the questions. What do you think? Is there something else you want to tell us about that conference before we go? Because I'm sure we'll get back to it because you've got a, uh, I, I've looked at your profile online and, and I know, which is why I invited you to be a guest on the show, on the podcast. 
and uh, I don't know. We gave we gave the the current titles of what you what you're doing right now, but you've obviously done a you you have a career that has lasted and progressed, and we're now in the 21st century, and the the planet is is changing its opinion about marijuana. So I'm sure we'll talk about more what you do with with Can America later on too. But as, before we get started with some questions, is there anything else you want to tell us about the uh, conference? Uh, well, no. Basically, what it really excited me, I was a uh, 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 part of the jury when we were awarding the research okay. uh, uh, about uh, uh, different types of uh, uh, investigations that the doctors and scientists were doing uh, in Latin America. And I see it as a very promising uh, thing how more doctors and healthcare practitioners are so interested in the in explore the benefits of the plant of cannabis. So I was very excited about that and and how we are becoming more aware and more responsible in, in the way uh, we should use uh, uh, the cannabinoid therapies for helping our patients. So it is it is very uh, um, amazing for me and I was very pleased to see uh, so many doctors, scientists uh, and uh, healthcare practitioners from all over Latin America uh, congregated in one place on the name of, of of health and uh, and um, research. That's cool. That is very cool, Doctor. I'm very I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited because, you know, growing up in the United States here, marijuana always had a stigma and it, that stigma stretched across Latin America. So I am I like to I like to see people in Latin America succeeding in the medical marijuana or cannabis, however we want to call it space. I think it's very cool. Um, so uh, other than other than the conference, how are you doing these days? I am doing great. Very exciting uh, days because, you know, starting the year, a lot of projects. We just after uh, five years in Colombia and advocating for patients, safe access to cannabinoid therapies uh, and demo trying to democratize education around medical cannabis. Uh, uh, with this new government in Colombia, we 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 made a, a, a big progress in December thirtieth. Um, the Minister of Health signed uh, a decree where it says that is mandatory for the for the health uh, care system in Colombia to cover medical cannabis for patients, and, uh, and that was a big deal for me because I was uh, talking uh, in November. Uh, to to government officials telling them how important was for the patients to have access to medical cannabis and the coverage for the health insurances how important was because i saw for many years in my clinical practice the patients coming and uh, but it was private medicine so the patient had to pay for the consultation had to pay for the medication and the next month, the patient come back and say, I'm getting better. I'm excited. I haven't, I'm having a better quality of life. Two, three months, the patient, you see the patient improvement. And then three months later, the patient come back and saying, I'm sorry, doctor, I cannot keep paying for this. I have a minimum wage salary and it's not enough for me. I will have to go back to the other medications that the healthcare system is covering, unfortunately. And it was, I was like heartbroken because I couldn't believe that I know the health care 
and uh, it's a human right so how come this was happening when i was seeing the improvement in patients and they have to just to stop the medical cannabis and go back to to other medications that we know were not that good for the patient so finally after talking to the government and doing a lot of uh, education we 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 achieved uh, that important milestone for Colombian patients. And it was that in December, the government uh, issued this decree. And from January of this year, uh, uh, medical cannabis is covered for the healthcare system. So for me, it was one of the most exciting moments and the best way to start the 2023. That's cool. That's cool. So I heard you say something, and I'm thinking this is what you were talking about when you were just just describing. You said the democratized education. And is that what you're talking about? You were talking about yes. getting it into the system so that way it's part of the education system itself. Exactly. Yes, because I am a co-creator of the diploma certification. Uh, is a postgraduate diploma. Okay. I, I, I am a co-creator in, with one of the largest universities in Colombia. We, uh, we've been certifying doctors in Colombia for the last three years. Um, I am also co-creator of the certification and prescription with the Colombian College of Physicians. I, I w- I've been working a lot of education. I've been uh, honorary professor invited by Mexican University, also professor invited by Peruvian University, Brazil, Argentina. So I have seen university level education for doctors and healthcare practitioners uh, talking about cannabinoid medicine, but is this post-graduation? Uh, and I am very excited about that, but I, I still see that there is a lot of doctors and healthcare practitioners that they don't have the resources for paying for these certifications or for these post-graduate certifications uh, uh, with universities. So what I wanted to do, as you mentioned, is that to, to be able to have a government of a healthcare system that provides with the education with no cost for doctors and healthcare practitioners because uh, we are all uh, as doctors and and healthcare practitioners, as as I said, we're going to be seeing patients all the time that they are already taking medical cannabis. So we need to know uh, how to use it and what are the the effects that the patient can have so we can... uh, uh, give a, a patient a good assessment when the patient comes. So I, I think that now the next step will be to be able to create these programs to to educate those uh, doctors and healthcare practitioners that they don't have the resources for paying for a post-graduation a certificate in a university or or, or in another entity uh, that, it, that is that, that it has don't have to be private uh, uh, payments. It, so that's one of my goals. <laughs> that's that's cool. That's very cool because that can you grow marijuana in Colombia? Can citizens grow marijuana? Uh, well, in Colombia, uh, there is a, a lot of licensed producers. There is wow. like um, um, I, I I read that it was like fifteen hundred licensed producers, but under the Colombian law, um, the citizens each person can grow. Uh, no more than 20 plants. So that will be like the, the, the personal part. But I see the, the Colombian patients uh, more prone to, to go to the doctor and get the prescription because in Colombia we can uh, 
issue a prescription uh, that is like a, a under um, under a special prescription um, uh, situation that is a controlled substance. But as a doctor, I can I can write a prescription and the patient goes to the uh, the prescription goes to the pharmacy and the patient receives uh, the the medical cannabis. So so I see uh, because of education the patient feel more safe instead of cultivating it in themselves and doing all the process for medical. They want to go to the doctor and get the, the prescription with the, with the appropriate uh, dosing and chemo bars, so all these things. And I'm happy about that. That's cool. That is very cool. That is very cool. Now, you are very passionate about this. This is your, this is your life's work. What did you recognize about yourself that caused you to realize you were going to go into medicine for a career? Well, uh, at the beginning, uh, I I always I always like uh, the, the 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 sciences, but I was inspired because in my family. Uh, most of my family uh, are doctors. My older sister is doctor. My uncles, my uh, a lot of, of people uh, study medicine and they are specialists in my family. So I was inspired by seeing that and always that uh, uh, interesting in, in being able to help uh, people with ailments to have a, be a better quality quality of life and and the love for science I was always I, and I have been always uh, um, uh, amazed to see how the humans uh, are uh, able to create technology medicines and and things for improving the the, the our lives so yes, I think I, I had uh, many, many um, motivations to do it. So I heard you said your older sister and how many gener how many generations have you have you guys generational doctors generation generational healthcare? Uh, yes, we have like three, four generations. Yes, that's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Yes. Because it, it 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 really I say that's cool because it all revolves around helping people. And, and that's, what's very clear about what you're just saying and uh, <clears throat> helping people with, with pain, people with need and people with quality of life. And wow. You, I do remember seeing your post from the government work that you did in November as well. I do remember seeing some of that stuff and that's cool. I'm glad you brought that up. That's excellent. So um, what was it about, what was going on in your life? So you've been practicing medicine. Were you practicing medical, medical marijuana from the beginning? of your medical career? No, no, I I started, I learned about uh, cannabinoid therapies or medical cannabis like uh, almost eight, nine years ago. I, I was, uh, as you mentioned at the very beginning, I was part of that big population with stigma. And I, and I, because I was thought that all, all the, all the drugs and that was a bad drug. And that's the way I was raised, right? Yeah. That is dangerous. That is bad. But then uh, I, I was going to, uh, to Canada. I went to Canada and I, and I found that they were having this conference there. And, and when I saw a room full of doctors talking about scientific evidence, uh, um, dosing, and, and endocannabinoid system. I said, oh, my God, this is like a, the real deal because 
uh, as doctors, we 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 don't uh, we, we don't have this open mind. Let's say like that, and and I'm just speaking by myself. No, I or, understand. Or the, or the way or the way I was before because I was thinking no that's bad marijuana is bad I, and I, and I like to call it call it cannabis uh, is bad is really <laughs> bad for you and all these things and, and then you still there when I okay. then when I when I learned about the endocannabinoid system when I saw the scientific evidence I realized that there was like a whole new world opening in front of my eyes and and since then like eight eight almost eight nine years ago I started studying and studying and going all over the world to Europe and to Latin America to United States to study. Uh, and then I realized that there is a lot of scientific evidence backing up the use of medical cannabis. And uh, then I started seeing my patients and, and realizing how this medicine really helps patients that, that somehow they, the other treatments, they don't work. Sadly, uh, um, uh, some people use it as a last resource, but I think uh, it has a lot of potential. Uh, and I learned also that with, uh, with uh, the proper uh, education and the proper research, uh, the, this plant has a, an amazing potential. We have uh, some pathologies that, that we, that we are, have a, a good scientific uh, backup. Uh, in terms of, of research, but we know there is a lot of other pathologies or ailments that they are being uh, discovered, uh, the potential of other cannabinoids in the plant. So I think uh, this is like a whole new world. And I always say I already have like eight years uh, 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 studying and learning and prescribing medical cannabis, but we are just scratching the surface. And I I re-evaluated a little bit the way I used to practice medicine before. Now I, I I take more time with my patients. Before I used to work with the with the with the system, and the system uh, used to make us see a patient every 20, 25 minutes because it was just like one after another, one after another one. Now with the cannabinoid medicine, I take one hour, one hour and ten minutes to see the patient. I, after the patient leaves my, my office, I talk to the patient the, after the third day, after the one week. So it's, it's a more, uh, uh, I have more contact with the patient because the follow-up, the titration period is a very close uh, uh, um, relationship what, what, what I have with my patients now. And I like that because it's more personalized medicine and is the way it should be and is the way it used to be. Is the way used to be, but sadly, you know, with the healthcare systems and all these things, uh, you are you are forced to rush. Uh, and seeing a patient in twenty minutes is it's almost impossible. But and now with cannabinoid uh, medicine, I can take my time and I can see a patient as a whole, and I have more a more integrative view of a patient. It's not just a symptom. It's not just a pathology. It's a whole. It's a whole uh, uh, approach, what I what I have. That is cool. That is very cool, Dr. Carrillo, because I heard when you said, so let me ask you, so you said uh, I was working within the system and I had to, and, and the system wants you to see people, see a patient every 20 minutes. So what kind of system are, did you step out of that system and are now operating in a, in a different format or? Yes. Changed the way yes. you do it? 
Go ahead. Yeah. Now, now what I do is I have my clinics and I and I and I do like a. a I am out of the of the system that in Colombia is called like the EPS. That is the uh, the the system that works for for uh, um, giving uh, healthcare to the for the patients. Now what I do is in the private sector, okay. I have the opportunity to see the patients on my time, uh, and 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 nobody is going to tell me, oh, you have twenty minutes for a patient. No, I take the time I want to take with my patients because I think the patient need. Uh, needs you to listen uh, to do an exhaustive evaluation of the clinical records, physical examination, uh, because mostly of the patients that we get in our clinics are patients with chronic pain, are patients they are adults or or or, or the elders. So so you you need time for this, and 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 it's and it's very complicated to do all this in twenty minutes. I agree. And th- and that's really refreshing to hear your approach, how you've changed your approach. You stepped out of that system, recognizing that it's not what you have in your heart or mind on how you want to help people. Because I've been to doctors and I was in that system as a patient. You know what I mean? It's like that I you see somebody and that's if everything's on time, right? You got that 20 minutes, if everything's perfect on time and there's no delays, <laughs> And then you get in there and you kind of, I get in there and I get in there and uh, talk to the doctor and more times than not, nothing happened. Yes. You know what I mean? And and it's like, okay, he made me chuckle a couple of times and I walked out of there chuckling, but then I leave him in the car. I'm thinking I got nothing accomplished that I asked him to do. He didn't do any of it. And when you're under the gun to do like 20 minutes and things run behind, there's always going to be things that go wrong. It is really refreshing to hear that you have changed your perspective from that and are giving more time to your patients. And, you know, one thing that I have discovered here in the States as well is that uh, uh, private medicine usually provides better health care because the doctors have the freedom to operate the way you're operating right now. Yes. Right on. That's cool. I think it's refreshing. I'm encouraged by it, Dr. Cadillo. I am really encouraged by it because because I got people in my family that I know that are stuck in that system. And they are stuck unless they want to step out into private medicine. And, you know, it's a funny thing when you see people measure that decision, right? The gentleman, the the young man that you said who was uh, working minimum wage, he... uh, he could he could afford to pay for that stuff. He could afford to pay for it for a few months, and then had to go back to uh, the pharmaceuticals. It's interesting to see how it's interesting to see when these hurdles come up in people's lives how we handle them, right? Because you get to see that too. You get to see what kind of things what, what kind of things become a hurdle in someone's life that may prevent them from improving their quality of life and their health at the same time. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and 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 at the end, I I um, I started med- studied medicine not not because of the money. It's just because I wanted to help, and that's that's why it, it, it makes a difference for me because difference for me because in those cases, in, the, in a particular case that I that I saw a patient that they said, doctor, I can I I cannot afford to pay. 
the consultation and the medicine. So I am not going to be able to, to be back. So in, in those moments, you, 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 you realize that you just want the patient to keep improving. And it, and it was this situation. I told the patient, you know something? Don't pay, don't pay me the consultation, but buy the medication because I don't want you to stop the medication. So, so it is, it is something that is a, 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 a dilemma because you know that uh, everybody needs to produce money because it's your yeah. career. It's, it's you studied for that and, and you have a family, but, but in another way, is it like the, the moral, the moral part that they, you know, you can help somebody and if you can do it, you do it, you know? So, so that, that is the beauty of, of, uh, of, uh, of, of all this, because sometimes you can, you can give like the extra, the extra mile uh, in order to help. Um, I don't say that, that, that you can just give all the consultations for free and all these, because it will be uh, a, a, a right. situation that you cannot sustain forever, but exactly. there is like particular, particular situations where you say, you know something, let's do, let's do, let's do this. You buy the medication and, and, and I want you to keep getting better. So, so it, that's the beauty of, of, of medicine uh, and that allows me to be able to help in, in certain capacity also uh, to, to other people that, that is in need. That is cool, Dr. Because here's the thing, I agree with you. It is a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing to see people who recognize what you experienced as a doctor and say, you know what? I don't want to continue in that format. I want to help people in new ways and I still need to make a living. And that's the thing is that it can be done. You get what I'm saying? You're, you're proof that it can be done. Cause I think a lot of people wonder if, if they can really do it. They kind of think, well, you know, they get this thing in their head, you know, if you're happy, nothing else matters. Well, it's kind of like, no, if you're in poor health and you're, you're going to be a lot happier if you're in, in better health. Right. And yes. we kind of, we kind of have these these cliches that get into our into our thoughts and belief systems where it's like, uh, no, you actually have to make a living. And if you want the things you want, then you have an idea of how much that stuff costs and you got to You got to be able to provide for yourself. But at the same time, if it's in someone's heart to help somebody and help people as as their career, that's what really shines through. And that's one of the reasons why that's the main reason why I contacted you, Dr. Cadillo, because you're doing it you're proving to people that it can be done in the level that you're doing it. You get what I'm saying? Thank you. You're very yeah. welcome. It's very encouraging. It's very encouraging. All right. So we're, we're kind of like teetering on the second half of the podcast right now, but we're not there yet. So I want to, I know we kind of covered a little bit of it, you know, what you got going on for the rest of 20, 2023. But before we jump into uh, belief systems, I want to ask you to share, and we'll do this again at the very end to wrap up also, but uh, any plans you have that you want to share with listeners for the, any part of 2023 that you got coming up? Oh, well, a lot of plans. I, I am very focused in education and this is what been, I have been doing for many years because I do believe in the multiplying effect of uh, education. Uh, me as a doctor, as a single person, I can see no more than eight patients a day because as I was mentioning, it takes me like an hour, an hour and 10 when a first time consultation. So let's say I see eight patients a day so it's just eight people I can help. But if I teach 100 doctors, those 100 doctors 
can help 800 patients. So I do believe in the multiplying effect of, of education. And that's why I, I focus a lot of my efforts in education. I am very excited because, as I mentioned at the beginning, I, uh, I was contacted by the Colombian College of Physicians telling me, you know, Dr. Sandra, let's put together education. The College of Physicians in Colombia is the, is the, is the highest certifying entity for doctors. They have more than 25,000 doctors. And, and if they call me to, to tell me, let's educate, it means they know there is scientific evidence. They know that uh, medical cannabis is, 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 a, is now a reality and is going to be a reality for the next for the rest of our years, hopefully. So so they want to educate. So I am very excited about that because we are coming stronger with education. Uh, different universities are, are contacting me because they want to keep doing education. And from the uh, association that I am co-creator of the Colombian Medical Cannabis Association, we are promoting research education and 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 in not just in Colombia in all Latin America I see this movement of uh, universities and uh, and government that they want to educate doctors and and healthcare practitioners about the use of cannabinoid therapy so this year uh, I'm going to keep doing education. I am also a board member of the Association of Cannabinoid Specialists uh, that is based in the United States and also of the ACAM, that is Association for Cannabinoids Health Equity and Medicine that is also in the United States. So uh, what we do is advocate for research, advocate for education. Uh, I am also uh, part of the International Phytomedicines Institute, and, um, and we have an initiative to uh, promote research and education in those communities that they don't have the resources to do it. So, so I am focusing a lot uh, on that, and, and, and this year also with the new law in Colombia to that the medical cannabis will be covered for the healthcare system. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to see more and more patients to get access to this treatment because before the, the money was an issue for them. Now that the, go, that the healthcare system is going to cover it, I, I, ex, I expect to see more patients uh, improving their quality of, of life with, the, with this. Uh, mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen, <laughs> Dr. Carrillo. Amen. I agree. That's cool. All right. <clears throat> now, we, we, I, we told us that um, you come from generational health care. Yes. Were you raised with a belief system in terms of a, a religion, a belief system, uh, philosophy, a worldview, or some type of framework, or, or no faith? Yeah, I was raised as a Catholic. Uh, okay. And 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 I and I still go to church uh, on Sundays. Not every Sunday, but I try to go as as much as I can, and and, and I try to 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 teach my my daughter about about how important it is to believe in God and and to and to acknowledge that we have somebody uh, overseeing uh, for us, taking care of us. And, and, and I, I think faith is, is something very important for every human. Right on. So it kind of sounds like maybe your, your worldview hasn't changed because you're still Catholic now, but has your worldview, have you, have you changed 
about how you your any the way you view God, the way you view the world, the way you view Jesus between your uh, your time growing up as a child in your under your parents' home and to your time now as a parent. Yeah, it have changed. I have changed because uh, uh, when I when I was a little, I changed I too. Don't worry, I changed yeah. a lot too. <laughs> and, I, and I and I remember I was I remember my statements like, "Oh, if you don't do this, if you don't do that, you're gonna burn in hell. And that's a sin." I mean, about about things uh, 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 like more strict uh, uh, point of view of my parents. Uh, about uh, uh, the punishments and all these things, and right now my my view is like a God is just love and 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 uh, is not like a God that punishes us. It's just a God that loves us and for uh, and full of forgiveness. So I, I changed that point of view and and evolved uh, with the time uh, in a in a better way because. Before, when I was little, I was more afraid, right? I was loving God a lot, but I was like more afraid. Now, I uh, the love is like more, uh, I will say it's free, right? Because I feel like love and uh, God is just pure love and forgiveness. So, so this this is like the way my perception and and that uh, that I respect people uh, people's uh, religions and points of view and beliefs. Because at the end, I think that everybody has their own their own faith, and and the, the important thing is that you have moral principles too. Now, you said um, the sternness of your parents. You didn't want to copy. Was it you, you didn't want to duplicate the sternness of your parents when as strict as they were, or was that what you were saying? Yeah, I I think they did it. They did the best. That they that they that they uh, they did their best, and I and I really appreciate that they raised me the way they did it because because uh, uh, you you need to know uh, what is right and what is wrong, and you need to to be afraid of consequences for if you do bad things. But but right now, what what I want to show uh, to my daughter is that uh, God is a is a God full of love. Because sadly, with all the social media and all the things that the kids see these days, and uh, they have more access to see like the bad things of people. So I just want to show her that, that, that the God is full of love and, and forgiveness. Uh, and so she will have an optimistic point of view of, of humanity, of the world. So I, I, I'm, I'm leaning more on, of course, moral principles, but more towards uh, showing the loving God that we have. I agree. And it's, and I have three boys and they're all, they're 11, 10 and seven. And, and it is, it is a funky thing as I'm raising them. I could catch myself stepping into things that I didn't like when my parents were doing them to me. And then I can also see myself recognizing the value of the lessons that I'm trying to teach them, that the opportunity is there to teach them. It's right there. And if I let it go by, I'm actually tacitly telling them that that detail doesn't matter when it really does. It is a funny thing, raising kids. It is a funny thing, this life and how we come in as children and then mature in the ways that we do. Now, when it came to, 
when it came to um recognizing and and believing that god is love and that he is full of forgiveness and mercy how did that come about how did that change in your belief was it always there or or did it was there a change in how you in what you believed about god it was always there but but okay. uh, but i remember I, I it was imprinted uh, like in the in the earlier uh, parts of my youth more about uh, 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 that if that if uh, the 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 punishes uh, the punishment for yeah. for not doing uh, the the things right. So what my approach right now uh, when I'm raising my daughter is not as much as telling her that God is going to punish you. It's just to talk about like the, the consequences of, of the things you do. Uh, uh, instead of the somebody is going to punish you for that, it's more, it is the consequence of if you have a bad behavior, you ha will have a consequence. So uh, I think it makes it like flow uh, in a different way, but always ha uh, knowing that you have a God that is full of love and, and following the moral principles and respect and, and, and all, the, all the beautiful things that we have uh, learned through, through uh, uh, the teachings of, of God. I agree. The funny, I, I, I follow a similar approach when it comes. I don't, I don't, I, I tell them they're always loved. Even when I'm giving them a lecture, even when they're getting corrected, I'm like, hey, I love you. But you need to learn this. And it's a funny thing to uh, to deliver that with love. You know, it's a funny thing to deliver that with love. And then kids, it's very easy, I think, for kids and people, adults always. Kids, I think it's a bit harder. But for adults, I think it's very easy for people to think that. Yes. That the strictness of God, he's angry with them. I did this. I can count on something bad happening to me now because God's mad at me, right? That's really a perspective. When I hear you saying that, that is that is the big shift that, that uh, well, that I think a big shift that a lot of people make, but you said that you always thought of God as loving and forgiving, and that's really impressive. And I'm not, I because I, I grew up with a, a very strict denomination of Christianity as well. And I know Catholicism can be, some people perceive it as very strict. Some people do not. And it's really encouraging to hear that that uh, that that's the way you're carrying on is that with with love and forgiveness and and that the consequences when we make a mistake, when we're teaching our kids and when we when we're talking when we're talking to ourselves as well, it's not yes. going to be it's not going to be thinking that God is separated from us, that he's angry with us. It's not going to be that thought or that belief that pulls us out of the pit and gets us to change. It's going to be what you just said that you're telling your daughter. God loves you. He forgives you. And I say this to my kids too. And so do I. I'm, I'm lecturing you right now. I'm not happy with you, but I love you. And that is a distinct, when you said it changes the flow of things, it does. It really, it really can, I should say, it really can change the flow of things. And it is quite encouraging to hear you say it the way you do, Dr. Cadillo, because it is really encouraging and refreshing. Thank you very much. Thanks. Sorry. I had Thank to... you. Yeah, no, that's great, because I think a lot of people do that. I think a lot of people say, well, God's going to do this to you if you don't listen to me right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
You know what I mean? Yes. That's just like, whoa, you're, you're putting a really heavy weight on that kid. And, uh, yes. people, and I think adults do that too. I mean, I think there's no shortage of churches where people can go and hear that kind of pastor, that kind of a message coming from the pulpit. Yes. All right. So uh, I see we're coming up on a time, but I got to ask you this one more question, at least <clears throat> the world, the oh, excuse me, the universe and all life in it. Do you believe it's the result of a series of accidents or do you think there's an intelligent designer behind it? Absolutely. There is an intelligent designer behind it. And that's, that's the way I think. And that's the way I, I believe because you, we see, we see, uh, I see the world as a, as a creation of, of, a, of a, an intelligent designer behind it that for me is God. And you know, it's interesting that in medicine, because I think, I think doctors really are doing the work of God when they're helping people the way you're helping them, because you're helping people, you're helping people with their bodies, their minds, their health, their quality of life. That stuff translates into their mood, whether they're cranky or they're pleasant to be around. I know a lot of people who are in a lot of pain and it's hard to be in a good mood when they're in a lot of pain. And as a doctor, and as you're getting, and as you've been doing this with mar medical marijuana, it's really, I, to me, I'm, I keep saying it, but it is really encouraging. You're, you're a, you're a believer in Christ and you're a doctor that uses medical, that, that works with medical marijuana. And the reason why that is a big deal to me is because there are, as you, you well know too, I'm sure in Columbia, it was stay away from that stuff. Like you were saying when you were a kid and you said you bought into the stigma as well. And it was stay away from that stuff. It's evil. It's bad. And I've heard people say it's the devil's lettuce, but here it is. It's a part of creation. Yes. Yeah, it's cool. Absolutely. Right. So second part of that question is you do believe in life after this life. Do you believe that there's a, some form of payment due upon death? Yeah. Yeah. I do believe, I do believe that. And, and, uh, and, and as I mentioned, the consequences of your actions, uh, 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 are 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 um, are paid on on your and this life and in and or in next life. So so it is. Uh, um, it, definitely, I do believe there there is uh, something uh, after after we die, and I do believe that uh, that we act correctly. And I always lean on the moral principles, and on and I tell to my daughter, don't do to other people what you don't want. Uh, uh, the people to do to you and, and that way you will live a, a, a peaceful life and I do believe that if you're good you, you will get th good things for you and if you do wrong you will get bad things for you I, I, am, I'm, I, I feel that that's, that's something that I have seen I, I am 48 years old and I have seen that every day I'm, uh, definitely uh, consequences action reaction or uh, I call sometimes to divine justice uh, um, that the things return to you. So, so I I try to to do things right. Of course, I, I made mistakes, uh, but I think if you are, it's not it's not about not making mistakes. It's about just acknowledging that you made a mistake and and put all your efforts in not to repeating them because we're humans and and we. We we're going to fail. Uh, we're going to mess up yeah. all the time. We do it every day. 
Exactly. So I definitely believe there is a beautiful, there is something beautiful uh, after we die. Uh, if we if we create the conditions for that when we are alive so so yes definitely all right right on now um do you have a couple more minutes or do we need to get stone we need to, to no. wrap it up no no we can we can we can keep talking it's very interesting all right because i got one more question that i didn't send to you and sure. I, thought of it, I thought of it while you were talking and how did how did the way you view god life and existence change did it change at all when you had your daughter oh yeah yes definitely definitely uh, change uh, a lot because I, I always i always believed in god and i always had my faith but uh, uh, i feel uh, closer to to god in the matter that that i feel that that i need him more uh, uh, because before I used to ask things for myself because it was just me. But now mm -hmm. that I have my daughter, I I feel that I always need the extra extra help that always God and faith are giving me all these years. So so yes, it, it, it evolved, uh, but it, it makes me feel um, it makes me feel uh, that I need more uh, God in in my everyday life. Uh, because uh, I need to remember all all the all the teachings uh, that I had when I was a little girl, and now I have to apply them uh, to help my daughter go through life. Because it's not an it's not easy, but it's beautiful. As I said to her, you know, life is challenging. It's like a roller coaster. You have uh, very beautiful moments, you have hard moments, but then you have again beautiful moments, and it's the way it is. And and it's 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 just. Uh, uh, it's just about uh, being a good person and and uh, and trying to help people. I try to 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 imprint in my daughter uh, uh, the part of helping uh, other people, helping and helping and helping. Because I said to her, we are we are blessed. We have a lot of blessings. We have a lot of things that a lot of people don't have. So we have it for a reason. So we have to to help. Uh, uh, other people that they are less fortunate than than us so i i try to to teach that to her every day and and to and to be grateful for for what we have that's amazing that's really cool that's really cool because i i can completely relate to what you're talking about when you said i need him more and and for me I, th I, I would say, I, I think we're thinking the same thing. I got to trust him even more. It's like when, when it was just me, there's, uh, yeah, I can do this. I can do that. I maybe, you know, I can, I can do this on my own. I, I'll, I'll pray for that thing over there because that's a big one. I'm going to need some help with that one. But, uh, but then you, then you have a child that you're responsible for and it's yes. part of you and nobody's done it before unless until they've done it and trusting a maker to help you. It's a, it's critical. I went through something similar too. It did. Some, it is wild. It is, it is really wild. It's, it's, uh, you, you become very aware of, of, um, uh, of yourself and your own shortcomings and, and the fact that we're not perfect and that, and that we are on this fallen world and, and, uh, yet we have life and we have love and we're supposed to do something with that and not just let it waste away. And that's really cool. That was really, 
very, very, very cool answer, Dr. Cadillo. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Yeah. So um, if people, uh, if you, if we, if you want people to get a hold of you somehow, what would be the best way that people could, uh, or a website or anything like that to get in touch with you or read, to learn more about you? Uh, well, I have my uh, LinkedIn account and I have my Instagram, Twitter. My Instagram is Dr. Sandra Carrillo, like my name all together. And my LinkedIn is Sandra Carrillo, MD, M-H-S-M. You can, you can then, um, yes, just, just those uh, two, I think are the, okay. are the uh, fastest way. <laughs> All right. LinkedIn or LinkedIn or Instagram. Yes. Uh, all right, Dr. Carrillo, you know what, if there's anything you want to say to, to listeners about anything, you got it. Time's yours. No, I just want to say thank you to you for uh, bringing me into this beautiful space. Is that is the first time that I that I that I talk in a space like this when we're talking about religion, philosophy, um, um, health, um, human behavior, the beauty of life, the challenges, and and how important it is to to help patients and how and how can I see medical cannabis is, is shifting uh, uh, the point of view uh, of some doctors, at least for me. Uh, it, it got me to a more holistic approach and more humanitarian approach uh, uh, in the way I practice medicine because I, I see the patient and all the levels, the spiritual level, physical level, psychological level. And I, and I know all those are very important because part of keeping the balance of your body and keeping health and quality of life is to have all those uh, uh, three points in balance because you can give a medication to a patient that if a spirituality is not is not complete uh, is something missing there so so is the the connection between mind body spirit that is so important and 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 when you study medicine you're more focused about what is the pathology what is the ailment and what medication you use for correcting and and medical cannabis uh, uh, helped me to 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 have a, a more holistic approach about the about the patient, I appreciate a lot of medicine and and research that is has been done for many years, creating medications that help to save lives. But uh, I am very aware right now that uh, uh, the importance of the plant medicine and particularly about what the cannabinoid medicine can do to improve the quality of life of the patients. Amen. Amen, Dr. Carrillo. Thank you very much for your time. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres, and, I'm, and I am your host. And our special guest is cannabinoid medical expert, Dr. Sandra, Sandra Carrillo. She is the co-founder and the vice president of the Colombian Medical Cannabis Association. She's the medical director and co-founder of the Medical Cannabis Clinics of Colombia, and she's a professor of faculty of medicine at the University of Panama, as well as the head of educational and scientific program of medical cannabis at the University of Panama as well. Our special guest, one and more time, Dr. Sandra Carrillo. Thank you all. Love you. Thank you.